Great to see everybody. Happy New Year to you all. Wonderful to see everybody. You know, it's a new year, and uh, you know, one of the things that people do at New Year's time is to make resolutions. And so, one of the things that people do in the course of making resolutions is that they place pictures up on their refrigerators. Anybody do this? You think, this is what I want to happen for me in 2014. So we put these pictures up on our refrigerators to indicate what it is that we want. For example, our women... Oh no, it's not working. You're going to have to advance it for me. There we go. Our women sometimes put up pictures like this. It's, <laughs> it's possible... It's possible that it's actually the husbands who put that up on the refrigerators, but, but some of the women put pictures up like this. And then for the men, I couldn't find a picture on the web that I really thought represented the, the, a good example of what we wanted to be, so I just pulled out an old picture of myself. You want to put this up, Dennis, please? Yeah. I, uh, that was taken several years ago, although not that many, actually, and um, I still look relatively like that. At least I, have t- I do have two arms. <laughs> and then, in addition to the kind of personal things that we might be thinking about, sometimes we put things up in our office. And so Michael put up something li- like this. He's wanting a new worship band. <laughs> and he wants it to be just about like that. I asked Dustin what he wanted, and he came up with this picture. <laughs> These are the teens that he wants to be part of the youth group this year. I said to Nancy, Nancy, what would you want more than anything else? And she said, oh, I really would like to expand expand the workforce in the office. And so she came up with this. I was thinking about what I personally would want, and I thought, you know what I want more than anything are just more baptisms. And so I want a new baptistry. If somebody would fund that and bring these people in, I'd appreciate that. I said to Robin, what is it that you would want more than anything else? And she came up with this. And, of course, she wasn't thinking of that so much for herself (laughs) as she was thinking about me. And I just think, you know, it's the only thing she could come up with, which kind of bothered me. So pray pray for Robin because she has her priorities set somewhere where they need... she, She needs to have her priorities set elsewhere. Now, the problem I have right now is that I forgot to put a transition slide between this one and the next slide. I got nothing. It's just going to be up there for a while. People comparing that to me. I'm not sure what you have in mind and think about in terms of New Year's resolutions, but on my mind, actually, this morning are a couple of different things. One is this. There is a big difference between a New Year's resolution and the commitment you make for the rest of your life. And what we tend to do is make New Year's resolutions. And what we really want to do is make commitments for the rest of our lives. Like, there's not very many times when people make a New Year's resolution and they think, I want this to last for two and a half weeks. Most of the time we think, if we're going to put a picture up on a refrigerator and say, that's what I want to look like, we say, that's what I want to look like forever. And there's a difference between a New Year's resolution and a commitment. And I would like to think that as we start this new year together, that we're making commitments and not just New Year's resolutions. And in fact, I have a very specific commitment that I'd like us to make, that I'd like us to think about, a question that I think needs to be asked by every person in our church. And the question is this. What can I do to further the kingdom of God 
and the mission of the church in 2014? And I don't know if you've asked that question. It may be that you have, but I'm not sure that we ask this question first. And yet, what else is it that should be a priority for us above and beyond this? And so I'd like to think that this morning we're not thinking about just how much weight I'm going to lose or what my body's going to look like. I'd like to be thinking that we're not just focused on uh, this is the year I'm going to learn a foreign language. But instead, this is the year when I think seriously about the mission of the church, about the kingdom. And if we're not going to think about that big picture, at least I would like to think we're thinking about things like, am I going to be a more loving person? Am I going to be kinder to people in 2014 than I was in 2013? Can I give more to my community than what I did in the previous year? Can I commit myself to the spiritual disciplines, perhaps in a way that I haven't before? And by the way, we've got our adult classes starting next week, and those are oriented around spiritual disciplines this year. And so I'm excited about the spring semester and the spiritual disciplines that we're going to be looking at. Am I going to be a better parent in 2014 than I was in 2013? And I hope these are the kinds of things that are part of your plan. But I hope that what you do is that you add them to the idea, the vision of the kingdom and what God wants for the kingdom and the mission of the church. Add those things to this goal of God working among us in 2014 in a way that he hasn't perhaps before. I just think there's a huge advantage to these things over worrying about how much body fat is on my body. The Holy Spirit has a much greater stake in what happens with his kingdom in the coming year than what you happen to look like. I don't know how much improvement there's going to be in my physique in the next year. Probably not tons. And I probably won't get that head of hair back. But I do hope than in 2014 that I make a contribution to the kingdom of God. And that the contribution I make is significant and that it moves us forward and that we all participate together in something grand and wonderful. Well, you know, we've noted before that in the book of Acts, that it's really, in one sense, the book of Holy, the Holy Spirit and the acts of the Holy Spirit that are taking place rather than the acts of the apostles. In fact, I think Chad may have even mentioned that last week. The fact that this book is full of the acts of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. And I want to read this passage. We've read this numerous times before. But I want us to see it again. And to think again what it is that the Spirit wants to do among us. Acts chapter 1. And I want you to notice. I'm just going to read the first eight verses. And I want you to notice in the first eight verses how many times something is said about the Holy Spirit. And remember, there's only eight verses. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to teach and about the day he was taken up to heaven, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, and in a few days you will receive, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so three times in eight verses, as Jesus sets his agenda for the church and says we are going to be his witnesses in this world, three times the Holy Spirit specifically mentioned in the first eight verses of this book. And so it's not surprising that as the book moves on, that that is what the church is going to be focused on and what the church is going to be empowered by. Now, the way that we do business a lot of times in churches isn't much different than the way the businesses do them. In fact, we tend to ask this question, what is it that works? What works? What is going to cause us to bring in more people? What is going to help us to do a better job of functioning as a body? How can we be more efficient? How can we be more effective? How can we spend our money more effectively? That's a question that we typically ask. And if you were in elders meetings and operations meeting, uh, ministry meetings and in uh, ministry leaders meetings, you would hear some of that talk. I remember back in the 80s, this, these kinds of questions were absolutely huge. We talked about how many parking spaces we had. Could we accommodate those in our parking lot for the number of people that we had? How big is our auditorium? What are we going to do when it gets to be a certain percentage full? Do we have a great nursery? Do we have a great Bible school program? Now we would be asking questions about how great our website is. How effective and efficient are we? Those are the kind of questions that churches often ask. And they're not bad questions. Those can be very good questions. Those are questions that we should be asking all the time. And sometimes we don't answer them as well as we should. But more than that, the church should be asking the question about the movement of the Holy Spirit among them. Because the fact is, Acts 1 is all about building his kingdom through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 carries this focus along with the coming of the church into the life of the church. And so the Holy Spirit is featured front and center and right at the beginning of Acts chapter 1 and at Acts chapter 2 and really through the rest of the book because that's what God wants us to see as his priorities. The fact is, The Spirit is mentioned 56 times in the book of Acts, twice per chapter on average. You read through the book of Acts, especially in the first half, and the Spirit is mentioned again and again and again, so that every time something significant happens in the church in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit's right at the center of the activity. And you can see it again and again and again. The church doesn't move. The church doesn't get anything accomplished without the presence of the Spirit within its ministry. If you study the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, you'll find the Spirit doing all kinds of things. 
But there's one thing that the Holy Spirit does more than anything else. It's either speaking to the church about what God is doing, or the Spirit is enabling the church to speak about what God is doing in Jesus. That tells me that the Holy Spirit wants to be active. He wants to be here. He wants to be doing things among us, saying things to us, seeing us act on his behalf. He didn't just inspire some scriptures, although it's a wonderful thing that he did. He doesn't want to just inspire feelings within me, although he does. And when I'm singing with you folks on Sunday morning, if we stop and pray, when there's an announcement made about someone's life that we need to be seriously concerned about, those things move me. And I think the Holy Spirit moves me at times like that. The Holy Spirit uses our emotions for sure. There's a closeness to God through His Spirit that the Spirit draws me into. And I love that closeness. But what the Holy Spirit does more than anything else in the book of Acts is speak. He either speaks to the church or he enables the church to speak his word to the world. Which means that this whole notion of being his witnesses, like in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, is carried out specifically by the Holy Spirit as he empowers us to speak. And to speak specifically about Jesus and who he is and what Jesus wants to do in the world. Now, I don't know what this all means in terms of him speaking to us. I wrestle with that. I don't like it when people come to me and say, I've heard a word from the Lord. And I don't like it, not because I don't want to hear what God has said to them, of course. I don't like it because of the uncomfortable position it almost always puts me in. I have to now evaluate, is this really a word from God to this person? Or is this their own thought? Maybe not necessarily even a good thought. Like all those guys who've had ideas about who they were going to marry. And it always ends up that God speaks to them about marrying the most wonderful woman in the world who looks the best. And maybe that's not at all God's plan and she doesn't want anything to do with him. But we get these visions in our minds sometimes that are ours. And how do I distinguish what's yours and what's God's word? being spoken. So I don't necessarily enjoy that predicament. But I also believe with all of my heart that there are times in our lives as Christians when God speaks. And he speaks through his spirit. And he shares with us his will. And he makes it clear to us what it is that he wants us to do in his name. And there are times and circumstances when God enters a relationship or a communication. And when I don't have the words to speak, he provides the words. And he puts people in my way. And he gives me opportunities to speak to people that I otherwise wouldn't have if the Holy Spirit wasn't there giving me those opportunities. And the question for 2014 is, what will we do with those opportunities? Because they will come. I know they will. That's what God does. He puts people in our way so that we can talk to them about him. 
And the Holy Spirit empowers us at just that moment to speak to people about him. And there's a constant witness to Jesus that the Spirit wants to give us so that we can talk to the world about who Jesus is and have an impact on our world for Christ. We want to be able to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. And the Holy Spirit wants us to do that too. So the Holy Spirit is right there giving us the ability and the opportunities to do exactly that. Will we, in 2014, seize those opportunities? Will we be open to that when the Spirit speaks? Because He wants that to be our priority and our resolutions. And so there's some things that I want you to think seriously about. Three things I hope you do in 2014. First, Pray for the Spirit's working in our church. This is absolutely the most powerful, significant thing that you could do. This is more important than you seizing the opportunities. You will seize the opportunities if you do this first. And there will be all kinds of other things that get done because you did this first. But if we don't do this first, those other things won't get done in the way they otherwise could get done. And so pray for the Spirit's working in our church and pray seriously about it. Please, I'm I'm begging you that you will pray for the church this year. Make it part of your regular prayer time. If nothing else, every time you lay down at night, just before you go to sleep, say, Lord, bless our church that we will reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. And help me, God, to be part of that. Second thing, listen for the Spirit's direction. I do believe he speaks. I do believe we have to have discernment about what it is that he's going to say to us. And we need to know when it's him and when it's me. But we need to listen for the Spirit's direction. And thirdly, we need to trust that the Spirit will use you, us, to witness to Jesus. Because he will. And if we took this seriously... And if this wasn't just a resolution, but became a commitment, a lifelong commitment, something would happen that we have never seen happen before. That picture of all those people jumping into the pool, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be wonderful to see people coming to Jesus like that? We need to pray that that's going to happen. And we need to have the Spirit show us how to make it happen. And we need to trust Him and give our hearts to the task because He wants to do it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank You for being with us this morning. We thank You, God, for blessing us with Your Spirit in a way that enables us to be more than we could ever be by ourselves. And so, God, we ask for your blessing this morning that we will be people who are open and ready to receive you, to speak for you. Bring your spirit into our hearts and our voices. Help us to recognize circumstances in which to speak for you, to speak a good word for Jesus. And use our ministries and our relationships, God, to draw people to you. Help us to listen, to act in response to the Holy Spirit's presence among us, we pray through Jesus. Amen.